So that's what I put in. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> the greatest racing game, the greatest racing game ever made, only available on the N64. Yep. Beetle Adventure Racing. Heck yeah! <laughs> this game Heck is, yeah! That game is so stupid. Yep. Everything about it, but it's amazing. EA made that too, which is funny. <laughs> but we we like just messed around with that, like. So the the tr- we only did one track. Yeah. And it took us like 20 minutes because we were just fucking around the entire time. <laughs> like we were like constantly crashing into each other, brake checking each other. The one time we both crashed into each other, we exploded. That was funny. <laughs> I, that was my favorite part. I clipped out of bounds and somehow like fell off the stage at one point. Yep. But that that game is so hilarious because it's literally just nothing but Volkswagen Beetles. Yep. And we just <laughs> we messed around with that for a good bit and then what did we play after that? <laughs> oh no, I showed you the DK rap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we were messing around with um, Donkey Kong 64, which is another fast... Hey guys, and welcome back to the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. On this episode, me and Alex are going to be taking a look at Nintendo's fifth generation system, the 64-bit Nintendo 64, originally known as the Ultra 64 console, and as we are going to go through some of the games, and we're going to talk about the fun fact of nostalgia means a lot, because we did not grow up with this system, and boy, does Alex have some strong opinions on it. But anyways, guys, once again, thank you for joining us as we discuss the games that shaped us in 64 Retrospective. How you been, even though you've only recorded the third one of these on the day. So, let's go. <laughs> wow, that was a mouthful. Yes, it was. Um, Anyways. I've been good. We woke up early today because my cat is spoiled rotten, and she gets her nails in a bath every, like, six to eight weeks. <laughs> so, we woke up to drop her off there, and she got nice and pampered today. Uh, and she was very upset on the car ride there. But was very mellow on the car ride back. Yep. And then we also went to Target. <laughs> yeah, we well no, we ate lunch after first. Oh yeah, we ate breakfast. Breakfast, right? Sip the drip. <laughs> That's not what it's actually called. <laughs> it's called stir the pot, but because mom, my, our mother, <laughs> she called it sip the drip, and it's just forever. Duck. It's gonna forever be sip the drip. <laughs> it will forever, forever be sip the drip. Like whenever I try plugging it into the GPS, like when I don't know exactly how to get there from somewhere, like I literally am like a Bill. What's it called? Because like I I just know it is sip the drip now. But besides that, it's a great breakfast joint. Yes. And after that, then we messed around Target. Yes, we walked around Target. Had some interesting adventures there. They sell manga now. They sell manga everywhere now. Like, I don't know, Borders has a full-on wall of it. And we have a visitor. She's rubbing into my armpit. That sounds weird. It's my cat! Oh. Yep. I don't know if you guys heard that, but oh. She's behind Bill now. And... She's probably going to murder me in my sleep. Yep. But, yeah, and then after that, we dropped the cat off. Yep. Well, we picked the cat up. Yep, and then dropped her off. And then dropped her off at the house. And then we went on another weeb adventure. Yes. We bought some figures. Bill bought a figure, which was cool. Well, 
So the um, place that I go to, it will post, like, their new arrivals. So I, like, went and I looked, and I was like, hey, Bill, look at this. Like, you want this. So you got a... I got Moroha from Yashihime. Yep. Because it's not fan servicey, and I can accept it. Yeah. It's a, it's a cute little figure. Like, if you didn't buy it, I would have probably bought it for you for, like, Christmas or something. Um, well, then the big, the big old... Uh... You know, we're hanging out too. Oh yeah, that, that one figure that's still there. <laughs> There's one figure that was there the last time we went, and it's just like they're out. Yeah. But like, I feel like it's gonna be really hard to sell because I feel like the people who buy figures like that, they don't want people to know they're buying that, so they buy them online. So it's like discreet. But I did not buy those figures. No, I bought a Marco the Phoenix figure, um, and I bought a. Uh, Rimuru Tempest figure, and oh my god, was it a bitch to put together. It has, like, it's when he has, like, his wings out, and he's, he's in his human form, and, like, the, the whole thing was really complicated to put together, and Bill discovered, as many figures do, a lot of them you have to shove a piece up their butt um, to get it for the stand. This is a really common place where they go, so right Bill had a good butt. giggle about that. Right up the butt. Yep, right up the butt. Oh, no. Okay. Don't walk, don't walk over my laptop, please. Let's see if we can get... Oh, she just rubbed on the mic. She's uh, actively rubbing on the mic. We have a cat in the vicinity speak. right now. Wooster. I want to pull her out of there. I know she's going to be angry, though, if I do. Yeah, but this is going to be an issue. Okay, come here. Oh. Come here. Oh, no. Come here. Nope. Oh. Okay, well, that, that almost was bad. That was cat time. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> but... Anyways, so yeah, we went on that adventure. Yep. I still think my funniest part about that, though, is all they use to conceal it is just a, a strip of tape. Well, actually, it's actually a lot of them come with it. Oh, really? Yeah. No, a lot of them actually come with like a little, it's like a little piece of like almost like a, a mesh cloth. That's what a lot of them come with. Like, and they... It doesn't hide anything. <laughs> well, because even in like, um, when I was in Japan, there, I remember going to a figure store with like our group, um... Because a bunch of the guys wanted to buy them. This was before I bought them. And now I, like, look back and I regret... Well, the thing is, I can't regret it because... Uh-oh. What is she doing now? Nothing. Oh, she's no. exploring. Um, oh, oh she, she's, <laughs> she's back. back. <laughs> she's back, everyone. Um, but anyways, I look back and I'm like, shit, I could have gotten so many good figures while I was For, in like, Japan. half the price. For half the... Yeah, like, half the price. Because most of the price here is just... even Is importing alone. So... Yeah. But, oh, but I was saying, I remember, like, <laughs> we would go into a store, and then suddenly we'd be in this section, and we'd be like, oh, oh my. But I remember seeing the same, I think they come with that. Like, okay. It comes with the box. So, or they just, it's an industry standard to cover them with that material. But. <laughs> I, just, I just remember the first time, I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it's like right there. Yes. But we got some Do cool kids figures. go to that store? I don't know. Okay, because I feel like if they do, they have an adult with them. Yeah. Adult supervision. Um. But also, I don't know because <laughs> I have no idea. Well, because it's technically they do have like board games and puzzles and stuff too. Because it's kind of like a whole comics and collectible store. Well, that's that's the name, comics and collectibles. Um. So they have a pretty wide range of stuff, but the anime figures are a big part of it too. So. Yeah. Yep. But, but I love going there. It's so fun. Like, it's so fun. 
She can be a weeb. Yeah, I've just accepted it at this point, and I just really don't care anymore. Like, this is who I am. Everybody's a weeb these days. This is who I am. Accept me for who I am. But anyways. We have a guest. (laughs) The cat's giving me the death stare right now. Yeah, she's like, you're in my spot. Yeah, but anyways, on to our topic, and boy, is this one going to be interesting. So, we decided to do another console retrospective this time around. Yep. And boy, did this one go in an odd direction. Yeah. So, I guess a little backstory. For this one, we're actually going to be talking about the Nintendo 64. Woo! Nintendo's wonderful sixth, uh, fifth generation system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... Bill. And she's got a cat again. The cat is rubbing in my face at the moment. Hi! So, the N64 was interesting because it was... We did not have an n64 growing up no we, we were, were playstation yeah, kids. we were strictly playstation kids yep so we have a big point i wanted to bring with this episode is we have zero nostalgia for the system whatsoever <laughs> yes and that i noticed came into effect so the system came out originally in 1996 and it was the latest of all those the systems from that era at least the ones that mattered and because of that, it had a very slow start. Now, also, it, what made the N64 different was it was the last system to still rely on cartridges, which were both a benefit but also a massive disadvantage. What are you doing to that cat? Well, I was stopping her because she was going to... So your, Bill has, like, a box next to me that has his... um. That has the N64, but he also has this figure box stacked there, and she was going to jump on it, so oh. I grabbed her, but then she got angry. <laughs> I can't wait to listen back to this podcast. We have a strong special guest today. Yeah. But anyways, as I was saying, the N64 stuck with cartridges, which was both a benefit and a huge disadvantage at the same time, because mm-hmm. while cartridges at the time were harder to pirate, and they had significantly faster load times... They also had significant space limitations and other things, which led to a lot of developers jumping ship to this PlayStation of the Saturn, most notably Squaresoft, who re- chose to release Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation, which ended up being one of the biggest games of the generation. Yeah. And the N64, well... So the N64 is a bit of a conundrum of a system. Originally, it was also known as the Ultra 64. <laughs> Glad they didn't stick Yeah, they that. dropped the ultra because that was a little excessive there. You don't, you don't need... The, one of those words was not necessary. Yeah. But um, the N64's big gimmick was it was a 64-bit system. Believe it or not, 64 bits was actually incredibly excessive for what that system was trying to do. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in reality, I believe, I'm pretty sure the 3DS is 32-bit. Yeah. I think actually the Wii U's 32-bit now that I think about it. Because oh. obviously bits don't mean everything. Bits are... Bits or bits? Bits don't mean graphics. Yeah. But the 64 was incredibly powerful. The problem was the system suffered from a severe bottlenecking problem Mm -hmm. where everything would kind of get stuck around the cartridge limitation. It would be a lot more difficult to store stuff. Like, obviously, full motion video was a lot more difficult. Oh, yeah. High-quality sounds. So they had to work around that. Certain developers, like Rareware in particular... Or like um, Factor Five, another one, mm-hmm. w- managed to actually outdo Nintendo a lot of the time. Yeah. 
But the system eventually would release with, believe it or not, only two games at launch. Oh, that's interesting. Mario 64 and Pilot Wings 64. Huh. Both great games, although Pilot Wings was obviously the afterthought of the two. Yeah. And it also was like big because the control again the controller. Let's hold, hold back hold back your uh, hold back for a minute here. <laughs> the controller is one of the most stupid, fascinating yet fascinatingly stupid. <laughs> so I get what they were doing, but at the same time, my hands hurt from playing it. So if you can't if you, you can't tell you Alex is not a fan of this controller. No. Neither am I to be honest, but I can look past it cuz I I've used worse, but <laughs> So the idea behind the N64 controller was it was the first controller with an analog stick. Not a great analog stick, but it was the first one. And because of that the way they designed it was it was this triple-pronged M-shaped controller or the Raptor claw as some people like to call it. And the whole gimmick was you could hold it in, like, multiple ways. Like, you could hold it traditionally for, like, the two games that used the D-pad. <laughs> uh, you could uh, hold it one in the middle and one on the side for the buttons and then the uh, analog stick. Or you could the rare D-pad analog stick game that I think may have existed. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but because of this, or you could single-hand it with just the trigger and the analog stick. Those were rare, too. And there was actually some games that you could use two of them. Or like dual sticking. Oh, really? Yeah, that was rare too. That's strange. <laughs> but so I, the the controller, in my opinion, was extremely innovative, but not well thought out. Yeah. Because it had a, it, so my thing with the I like to compare it a lot to the PlayStation because that's what we grew up with. Yeah. The N sixty four thought of a lot of things. Like it came up with the analog stick. Mm-hmm. It came up with the um, Rumble Pack, which yep. was the thing that you would have to plug into the back of it. Yeah. Sony took all of these and just made them better. Like, with the dual analog setup, the much better design, like, and uh, the built-in rumble. Well, one thing I actually thought of, what the remote kind of, what the control kind of reminds me of, too, when you're holding it with the two hands, it kind of reminds me of when you're using, like, the, um, the switches, like, like, what it comes with, that little thing you put the, um... You put the, I'm brain farting oh, the, what they're called. The Joy-Cons. Yeah, the, you put the Joy-Cons in it, like, basically it kind of gives you a controller. But your hands are so close together that it becomes uncomfortable That's after the thing. a the, while. That's the thing. The N64 controller was just... I get it's... So, I don't think it's a good controller. It's not in my top ten at all. Yeah. So, when the Switch announced those, um, the N64 games on their system, the, the, the N64 Classic Library, and they released those special edition N64 controllers that you could mm-hmm. get, I saw that and I was like... Hell no. Yeah. I don't want to subject myself to that. that. I mean, yeah, I get it's nostalgic, but I have... I would much rather use the Pro Controller. (laughs) I have zero nostalgia for the system, so it's like... No thanks. No thanks. I have a real N64 controller if I really want to get the experience. Yeah. But anyways, aside from that, let's get to the games a little. So we decided to play a whole bunch of games, kind of like we do with our 3DO and Dreamcast episodes. Yep. And this is where I realized Alex really had no attachment to the system whatsoever. Well, well, we should talk about my very first experience. Because my first experience playing with the N64 was actually a good one. Because it was at um, Kineticon. Oh, right. Yeah, we played Mario Kart. I forgot yeah. we talked about that. Yeah. So my first experience, I did have a fun time. I thought Mario Kart, it worked well. I mean, but we didn't also play it for that long. So I wasn't really feeling like the hand fatigue. But once I figured it out, I got pretty good with the control for that one. 
Mm. But Mario Kart is a really good, solid game, so... Yeah. No, <laughs> which is funny, considering <laughs> another game we played. But, um, yeah, so we obviously, we started with... The first game I wanted to play was obviously Smash Brothers, just because that is, like, the distinct... Yep. Like, game of the system. Yeah. And, you know, Smash 64 <laughs> is incredibly dated. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the worst Smash Brothers game. And I, I get some people, like, have nostalgia for it, but I... It's not. It's not better than Brawl. I don't like. I hate when it's Brawl gets put below there. I hate Brawl gets overhated, anyways. But yeah, sixty four is the worst Smash game. Yeah, it it just inherently is. Yeah, that's well. It has the least amount of features. It has the least. It's the first place. game in the system. Yeah, it had its place, but in all honesty, I, I hate when people put it above the other ones because it's not better. Yeah, but that's beside the point. So we played Smash for a little, and this is where Alex realized she hates this controller. Yeah, I did not enjoy that controller. Because I've played Smash before. Like, I've played, um... Ultimate. The Switch. Yeah, i played on the Switch, like, a bunch of times, like, just with other people. And, like, I'm I'm not good at Smash. Like, it's no, just it's not... not a, it's, it's not, not a traditional my, fighter. <laughs> yeah, it's not my type of fighter. And, like, that's okay. I accept it. But with that control, the N64 controller, I was like... I already suck at this, and this just makes me hate it more. And I was like, ugh. So we kind of started out rough. Yeah. <laughs> so then I decided, all right, let's play a racing game. Yeah. So we jumped over, because we already played Mario Kart, I figured we might as well play the other dis- uh, iconic racer on the system, and I pulled out um, Diddy Kong Racing. Yes. And <laughs> I don't know if you were just fatigued at this point, but my God, we were struggling with this one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, well, I don't know why, but I just, I really couldn't, I couldn't get the control right. I just, no matter what I did, I just, like, couldn't. And I just kept slamming into walls and stuff. But maybe it was because I kept choosing the hover cart. Oh, and then there's that one point where, like, they had this lava level, and I just got stuck in the lava. And I did, put, too. I just couldn't get out. It was, like, no matter No, because we both I picked did. hover and everyone else picked plane. Yeah. Because Diddy Kong Racing is unique, because it's basically... It's basically Mario Kart 64, but better in every way. Yeah. Where they, um, you have, it's full 3D, like the characters are 3D as well. But there's also, um, you get three different choices of vehicle. You get the hover craft, the plane, or the regular cart, and they each have their own unique routes that they can take, which makes it a much more unique experience overall. It's also the first appearance of Banjo and Conquer, too, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting, too, when you said you were telling supposedly, me Supposedly, yeah, supposedly all those characters were supposed to get their own games at some point, but um, only Conker and Banjo did. But I'm okay with that, because I saw some of the other racers, and I was like, <laughs> they didn't really need a game, you know? They were pretty, like, that weird rat creature didn't need a game, you know? But, like, Conker, yeah, he needed a game, and so did Banjo. They were, like, the most, like, I think, unique designs, too. Yeah. So we played that for a bit, and then I decided... We need to play a real racer. Oh, yeah. So that's when I put in... Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. The greatest <laughs> racing game the greatest racing game ever made. Yep. Only available on the N64. Yep. Beetle Adventure Racing. Heck, yeah. <laughs> this game Heck, is, yeah. That game is so stupid. Yep. Everything about it, but it's amazing. EA made that, too, which is funny. <laughs> but we, we, like, just messed around with that. Like, So the, the tr- we only did one track... Yeah. And it took us like 20 minutes because we were just fucking around the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Like, we were like constantly crashing into each other, brake checking each other. The one time we both crashed into each other, we exploded. That was funny. 
I, that was my favorite part. I clipped out of bounds and somehow like fell off the stage at one point. Yep. But that that game is so hilarious because it's literally just nothing but Volkswagen Beetles. Yep. And we just <laughs> we messed around with that for a good bit, and then what did we play after that? Oh no! I showed you the DK rap. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we were messing around with um, Donkey Kong sixty four, which is another fascinating game for the system. Because Donkey Kong sixty four was the game, another rare cl- classic, mm-hmm. but it was the game that introduced the N sixty four's expansion pack. One of the most yeah. useless items, probably for the N sixty four, when you really break it down. Because yep. it was designed. So Donkey Kong 64 was packed in with it, mm-hmm. and they kind of hyped it up as like it was because the game was like super big, and like it needed the extra space to uh, run properly, mm-hmm. which is total marketing BS because there are bigger N64 games that don't use it. Yeah. But the real reason was it was later revealed was because this uh, there was a game breaking glitch in uh, Donkey Kong 64 that needed the that they couldn't they didn't have time to fix and for some reason the expansion pack mitigated it. It didn't technically fix it because it could still happen after like obscenely long amounts of playtime mm-hmm. but because of that they had to pack it in and that made the game probably a little more expensive than it needed to be yeah. and that game is it's collectathon to like the max like there's yeah. so much collecting and it's it gets a bad rap it's not a bad game but it it's a, it's a lot of game yeah and it has the donkey kong rap so <laughs> the dk rap one of the most stupid but amazing things ever yes um then I showed her some F Zero, yeah. One of the most fascinating racers because that game. So they F Zero like literally they um, Nintendo sacrificed pretty much all the graphical fidelity, yeah. For like the smoothest sixty frames per second, like that game is so fast, yeah. And so extreme in like thirty cars on screen at once. It's that game's ridiculous. I I, I wish Nintendo would bring back F Zero because GX was X and GX were such good games. Yeah. Insanity like absolute insanity and I imagine an HD what an HD one would look like mm-hmm. but then after that then we um what did we oh yeah we we, we <laughs> Superman 64 uh. so I wanted to sh- experience show her Superman 64 because <laughs> but we gotta tell them about what we found <laughs> well well first of all that was Superman 64 didn't want to start because this is also where we can talk about the N64 is one of the greatest things about the N64 is it's very sassy yeah, cartridges tend to be a pain in the ass sometimes, and sometimes they just don't want to start. So nope. I think we spent about five minutes in and out, in and out. In and out. Come Does on. it work this time? Nope. Does it work this time? Nope. nope. And Superman 64 was especially sassy. Yeah. But eventually we got it to go, and Superman 64 is one of the worst games ever made. And oh, yeah. It's no secret. But it was interesting when I heard you talk about, like, the whole story behind it. Yeah, how that like... it wasn't 100% Titus's fault. Cause Titus. Uh, because dc and Warner brothers were like absurd with like the demands during development yeah and the game was had no hope yeah granted titus didn't help themselves either by hyping the game up but that's beside the point yeah but i wanted alex to experience superman 64 because you have to experience it just to realize how (laughs) horrendous it is and well and especially, too, because I watched Bill play it first. Bill went, like, we did level one where you have to fly through the rings. Fly through like, the rings. Bill, you couldn't do it. Like, you couldn't do it. it no, because I had to, I forgot how. So, fl- flying with Superman in that game is literally like driving a car. 
Yeah. Y- yes, a car yeah. through the air. It, it's so awful. It's so, but then, like, I see you do it, and you're, like, doing okay, and I'm like, all right, all right. I kind of, like, in my head, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then I did it, and I was just, like, nosedive. Like, I fell in the water at one point and couldn't get From out. doing backflips through the air. I was doing backflips. I was like... I was just like, oh my god. I couldn't get a, a grasp on the controls at all. It was like, that game really is. Yep. Hang on. That game really is a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. But, but then, I felt but, really bad for the developers because well, of was, the process yeah. they had to go through. It was partially on them, though, too. Oh, yeah, I know. But besides that, then we also get one of my uh, other favorite things is uh, the multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell was that multiplayer? So to start it out, it was like it said it was a race. So we well they had a <laughs> Wait, battle, battle mode and then racing mode. Now you don't actually play as Superman. You play as these guys in like little spaceships. Yeah. All villains, by the way, which is funny as hell. Yeah. But you so we did the race and it was we were just in an arena. Yeah, there's like there was nothing to indicate a race. Like there was, there was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> if we just were flying around randomly, <laughs> like, and. Then we both kind of just, I, I, I just started shooting her randomly, and then all of a sudden I won. Yeah. <laughs> I was, but you like, never lost a life. That's why I don't... Ugh. I had no idea what was going on. And, like, they were just as awful to control, too. They were like, actually slightly more smooth. I they, Maybe a little, but, like, they still were bad. They still weren't good. No. You can't say they were good. They were bad. Um, and we were just like, what the, what? Like, it was just so, like, I'm like, why call it race? There's no race to it. Like, yeah. Oh, and if we, we forgot to talk about uh, GoldenEye. Ah, yeah. You know, the, the, the definitive multiplayer game on the 64. Yes. We messed around with that for a little bit. I had, oh, so one of my favorite parts of GoldenEye was just me running in circles and shooting. Because it was one of the, I don't remember when we played it, but I was like really struggling with the camera, which I think was making me very frustrated with the controller. Um, So I was just trying to aim, and I just like missed like all the time. But we first played with lasers. Oh yeah, the Moonraker. (laughs) But I couldn't even get a laser, and then at one point when I had the laser, I didn't even know I had it, so I couldn't use it. No, but the Um, most amusing part of that was slappers only. Oh yeah. Just karate chop everything. <laughs> so we were slapping. But at some point, we were just fucking around. So we just, so your characters can look up, but your actual character model looks up as well. Oh yeah, the so characters we, are stiff as shit. So they're just like, their neck is bent, almost broken, and we have them spinning in circles. The best was the karate chop race. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where we, we both each went to an end of a wall and then just ran. Yeah, we both were at polar opposites and we both started karate chopping and we was just ran towards each other whoever got hit first won. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. That was a time. Yeah, that was crazy. The, uh, the N60 it, it's sad because the N64 has great games. Yeah. I just hate that controller so much. Yeah, I feel like the controller really I can it. adjust to it, but if when you don't have nostalgia for it, its flaws really show. Yeah. I just, like, I I don't know. I think also because, like, I work at a desk all day. I work on computers all day. So, I, I like, I don't have carpal tunnel, but, like, my hands hurt, like, at the end of the day from work. And then holding something like that where it's, like, uncomfortable, like, it just kind of made it worse. Yeah. It was kind of... You're so, so there's a reason why people have made alternative like N64 controllers yeah. for years, because 
it's not it's not a good controller. It's just nostalgic. That's why people look past it. Yeah. But, but for someone like me, where like my hands hurt after a day of work because I'm constantly holding something like that, like it hurts even when I like I use the um, the switch the switch like the dog face. Control, the Joy-Con the controller. The Joy-Con controller. Just call it the like, packing controller. The packing controller for the Switch. Like, that hurts my hands, too. Because it's just not, like, ergonomic. But as, like, some... It, it could be. I don't know. It yeah. just... It gives me... It just hurt my hands at the end. And I think that's what was making me even more, like, frustrated. was just that, like, it was causing me pain. So I just couldn't get enjoyment out of it. <laughs> yeah. And then another... So many things were weird about that game. Yeah. But um, it, it's weird because the whole thing with the N64 is it's like it has a place in gaming history. But I feel like because that generation was a, was a, a landslide. Like the PlayStation 1 yeah. was significantly more successful. Yeah. And it was funny because actually there were significantly more PS1 owners out there. Mm-hmm. But the, our hometown, I swear we were the only PlayStation owners in the area. Yeah. Because everyone had N64s growing up. So I always remember, like, people, like, hyping it up as, the, like, the greatest system ever made. And I was, like, always kind of, like, I was desperate to try one. Yeah. And then when I finally get one, I was, like, well, ironically, when I got finally got an N64, I didn't have a game for it for, like, months. Because, like, games were expensive, but the N64s at the time were cheap as hell. So I bought the N64, and it sat on the shelf for, like, months until I, <laughs> finally, I finally got a game, which was Star Fox 64, which is a great game. But it's like I didn't get to play it for years. And when I finally did start collecting the games, I was like, they're okay. I, I mean, they're good games, but it's like, mm. what is the hype? Mm. But uh, anyways, guys, before we move on, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I've said so interesting. <laughs> okay, then. And we'll be right back. water because i have to drive back to massachusetts after this and i'm also drinking water but it's not just any water it's hint infused water mine's infused with pineapple what's yours infused with bill lemon (laughs) thank you that's all i want (laughs) so anyways n64 back to this yep um, so another game that we played was, this is the point, oh yeah, we played Tetris, I forgot about the Tetris thing. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we could talk about, I suck at we, Tetris. we could talk about Vomit and Eggman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, so we played the, the new, the next Tetris, or the new Tetris, whatever the N64 one is. And um, it's just another, it's Tetris, but it's um, kind of like super stylized, because N64. Yep. But... We want. I just wanted to mess around with the multiplayer feature, yeah. and we were laughing because whoever owned this cartridge before had a sense of humor because one of the the first name pre-saved was vomit. Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And then it was like a bunch of like random names. names, and then Eggman. Eggman was just so there. Bill played as vomit, and I played as Eggman the yes. whole time. And please never delete those names. No, I'll, I'll keep off. them in memory. <laughs> that, it'll take me. It takes me more effort to delete them than it would be to just keep them. So exactly. But yeah, I remember that, and we found out Alex is bad at Tetris. Well, it's just like, 
Well, you know what it is, too, is I have a game in on my phone that I end up playing whenever I don't have Wi-Fi. And it's like Tetris, except, like, rather than, like, the pieces coming down, you can place them in spots. So I was playing as if I was playing that, and then I was like, oh, shit, like, I can't do that. No. So I was kind of starting myself up badly. Um, but, oh, well. Yes, we messed around with Tetris, and then we also played, um... Oh, yeah, we played Pokemon Snap. Yep, and that was really cute and really fun. Yep. <laughs> Except that we named our character Shits. <laughs> yeah. Just because, just because, Miss Professor. Well, we wanted to see if that it would, if it, if, it, if it was a period of time where Nintendo was censoring things, so you couldn't name characters it. But hey, apparently you can name your character Shits in Pokemon <laughs> Snap. So. PS One Spider Man had a better anti anti uh, swear system. Yep. But uh, anyways, yes, yeah, so we messed around with that. We did the first couple levels, and then. We're creeped out by Professor Oak because Professor Oak's sprite in that game is really unsettling. He has a really derpy face. Um, oh, and then and then we went full on meme. Yeah. Because we had to we had to experience one of the most memeiest games on that system. Ugh. Buck Bumble. <laughs> that stupid song is still Buck Bumble. Yeah, that one. And I'm pretty certain that's like a TikTok song now too. I'm pretty certain there's TikTok. I know. I know that. the YouTuber Ant Dude made it a meme because he would always reference it in his videos. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a pretty average third person rail shooter, kind of like Star Fox, but it has a multiplayer mode where we just fly around and shoot each other. <laughs> and I hated every second of it. I just wish the Buck Bumble song just played the entire game. Honestly, yeah. It would have been better if it was that. Because it was already stuck in my head at that point, so it should have just continued. Was, was that the last... Oh, no. We all, then we we ended it off by... I wanted to show off one of the most underrated games on the system. Yeah. Which was um, Rocket Robot on Wheels. Yeah. Which was the first game by Sucker Punch Productions, the studio behind... Sly Cooper, Infamous, and uh, Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. now owned by Sony, but their first game was an N sixty four game, huh. and it was it's basically another collectathon platformer. Yep. But it's mostly well known for its incredibly tight physics engine and controls and like unique uh, design overall. Yeah. Because it has a super like like physics are really amazing. Like you train matters because you play as a robot on a wheel. Yeah. And it. It's just a fun game. It's it's a traditional collectathon platformer, but it's got a cool, nice, chill style. And th- that's the thing about a lot of N sixty four games. They stuck out. Like they had a very distinct look compared to what the PlayStation and Saturn were doing at the time. Yeah. But it was mostly there wasn't a lot of two D. It was mostly three D on the system. Yeah. But we we messed around with that. Honestly, the N sixty four had. A lot of great games, but it also had a small library, believe it or not. Yeah. There's only like 200 and something games for the system, I believe. Mm-hmm. And well, Do you wh- think that's mostly because a lot of... Expensive the- to make. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, oh, I'll just go to PlayStation instead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the majority of the amazing games on the system were made by Nintendo themselves or by uh, Squaresoft. Oh, not Squaresoft. Um, Rare. Rare. Yeah. Rare. Rare was probably the biggest like producer of games on the N64 at the time. Yeah. With like classics like Banjo Kazooie or uh, Conquer. I mean, Conquer is Conquer, one, of, yeah. one of the most infamous. Well, Conquer was technically a bomb when it came out. Oh, really? But now it's a cult classic. Well, because it was one of the last three games or three or four games to release for the system, and it, Nintendo did not advertise it at all. Because Nintendo wanted nothing to do with that. 
Oh, really? Because it was completely against everything Nintendo stood stood for at the time. <laughs> but that's what makes it so great. Yeah, but honestly, it's pretty juvenile. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you play it these days. You mean the Great Mighty Pooh? That's like the least of the things <laughs> in that game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's a classic. Star Fox 64, obviously, with full voice acting for the time. I mean, same with Conquer. The full voice acting was very unique. Yeah. Um, what's fa- fascinating is there's only... So the what's baffling is the N64 only has five RPGs total. Oh, really? Six or seven, depending on how you view an RPG. Because... Mm. So the five that are generally considered to be definitive RPGs are Paper Mario is the most distinct one. Oh, yeah. And it's probably the best on the system. Then there is Ogre Battle 64, which is an entry in the Tactics Ogre slash Ogre Battle series, which is a tactical role-playing game by Atlas. Mm-hmm. And it's that's a good game as well. It's it's more it's definitely niche. It's probably one of the most niche games on the system. Yep. Uh, then there's the infamous Quest 64, which is just so generic and bare bones. Yeah. Uh, then the other two are the more obscure ones. There's... Uh, Adian Chronicles, I think it's called, or Iodine Chronicles, something like that. Mm-hmm. That one is really ambitious, but it's so boring to play. Aww. Like, it tries to be this big open world kind of RPG thing, and... But it falls flat. It, well, I mean, I couldn't get... I got like 10 minutes into it, I was like, no. This sucks. <laughs> and then there's Hybrid Heaven, which is like an action RPG slash fighting game kind of thing. Yep. I mean, it's okay. No, there's a reason why no one remembers it, though. Mm. And then when you get to the more questionable ones, there's Harvest Moon 64, which is some people will consider an RPG, some people won't. Mm. That one's a bit of a gray area. Yeah. And then there's a, there's a game called Flying Dragon, which is like a fighting game, but it has RPG elements to it. Huh. And then, of course, there's the ever-growing debate of whether Zelda's an RPG or not. I personally consider it more of an action RPG game. I mean, an action-adventure game, because it doesn't have RPG elements. Yeah. But that's up in the air. And then I mean, there's also Pokemon Stadium, but there's not really any RPG. It's mostly just a battle simulator. Yeah. Also in the air. Yeah. But there's like the five definitive ones. Yep. The system's library is mostly uh, platformers and racing games. Yeah. Hmm. Not a lot of fighters. Yeah, no. Like when and Maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it too, because like I really like playing fighting games. I don't know. They're kind of like... My games, my. Oh, I just realized we didn't we didn't play um, we didn't play uh Killer Instinct Gold. Ah. That's other. It's a rare fighting game. Oh okay. It's kind of like Street Fighter to Mortal Kombat. Oh okay, so I probably would have liked that. You probably would have liked it. Well, it's hard to say because the N sixty four controller is so garbage. I know. I feel like probably that's why there wasn't any really fighting games. It's not well. There's a reason why Smash plays the way Smash does because the N sixty four controller is just not well designed for fighters. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was. Uh, Killer Instinct Gold, which is kind of like a port of Killer Instinct 2, sort of. And then there's um, Flying Dragon, I had mentioned. There's also Mortal Kombat Trilogy, which is one of the rare... So here's another fun fact. There is not a lot of games that were released on all three of the main systems at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, like the only two I can think of off the top of my head are Mortal Kombat Trilogy Uh and Duke Nukem 3D. Which is an okay port. Yeah. Pretty good. But yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean, there's a good amount of racers. Definitely a good amount of racers. Mostly platformers. A lot of adventure games, too. Yeah. Like, obviously, the Zelda games are two of the most well-known uh, games on the system. 
Yeah. Which is funny because I I also consider Ocarina of Time like one of the most overrated games of all time, but that's mm. just me personally because I mean I think Majora's Mask the better of the two. Yeah. Majora's Mask is also the other. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. I was trying to hold it in, but... Majora's Mask is also the other... One of the other games that requires the, um... The, uh, someone's running a car really loud outside right now, in case you hear that in the background, but, um... Yes. Yeah, Majora's Mask is one of the other games that requires the expansion pack. Mm-hmm. The only other one that... There's three games that technically do. It's Donkey Kong 64, Majora's Mask, and, uh... Perfect Dark. Yep. Technically. You can play Perfect Dark without it, but it's borderline unplayable. Oh. Well, and it's missing like 80% of the content. Yeah. And I, th- there are other games that utilize it for different things as like additions. Like they can either like improve frame rate or texturing or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the expansion pack was kind of useless. Yeah. Oh, there was also the N64 disk drive. Probably talk about that. That was a failure, though, right? Like, that was a colossal failure. No, yeah. it, it came out. It didn't. Oh, it, it did come out. I it, thought you said it didn't. No, come it out. didn't come out in America. Oh, okay. So it it came out. So it came out. The sixty four disc drive was kind of an was Nintendo's attempt at answering the um the the space limitations of the uh, sixty four. Yep. The thing is, though, in the Nintendo way, they completely dropped the ball. So yep. the sixty four disc drive was kind of like an add on that stuck on the bottom of the N sixty four. Yeah. That's why that's uh, there's the expansion plot uh, port down on the bottom. Mm-hmm. But so rather than using traditional CDs like you'd expect, the 64 disk drive actually used like magnetic disks, which are kind of like imagine CDs made of like the material that like cassettes are made of, mm-hmm. the little tape thing. Yeah. Like super flimsy. And they couldn't really hold much more data than an N64 cartridge, believe it or not. Oh, right. But the whole gimmick was it was supposed to be, like, rewritable, so you could, you could have, like, different things throughout games and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of N64 games that did come out were originally planned to be 64 disk drive games before that whole thing was scrapped. Mm-hmm. And it ended up releasing in Japan, and only, like, four or five, like, five or six games actually came out. Most of which were Mario Artist games, which were supposed to be, like, the sequel to Mario Paint. Yep. And then there was also, there was an F-Zero expansion kit thing. There was also Doshin the Giant, which is probably the most unique game on it. Oh, and there was SimCity 64. That was the other cool one, mm-hmm. which was just SimCity, but you could like do like a street view kind of thing and walk around the town. Hmm. It was <sighs> missed potential, and it failed miserably. Never made it, never released in America, even though there is, was an American version made. There's like one. Like a prototype? Yeah, there's one out there. The YouTuber Metal Jesus Rocks found one. Wow. He found it somewhere, and he was showing it off. But, um, yeah, it was a colossal failure. And it, it was basically just another case of Nintendo being behind on the times. Yeah. And it's it's weird, though, because the N64 was a party game machine. Yeah. Like, the Mario parties Mario on the parties, system were amazing. All the, all the racing games, yep. Smash Brothers. It also was the system that introduced the world to, like, um, Animal Crossing. It was. Because the first Animal Crossing was technically a n64 game it was ported to gamekeeper for its official american release though yeah but it did originally come out on the n64 uh, i believe it's called animal forest i think the first Japan. i think the first version is animal forest i think yeah. there was an updated version which was called animal crossing yeah there was a ton of games but we've also so n64 nowadays i guess getting into it now is um has become quite the 
sought after system in the collector's world. Like, yeah. Currently, everyone's kind of out of that N six, uh, the out of the NES SNES phase. Yeah. And now everyone's kind of into that N sixty four GameCube phase. Yeah. Do you think part of that has to do with like those micro consoles coming out, or like just being able to access the games easier now, like on your Switch? I think it's partially that. I think it's also partially nostalgia. Yeah. Because we've hit the point now where like the N sixty four fandom and GameCube fandom are like. It's our it's our generation now. Yeah. Plus, the younger generation is becoming more interested now too. Yep. Kind of like how we were with the uh, NES SNES stuff. Yeah. And it's caused them to spike in price. Like N sixty four and GameCube stuff is the worst to collect for right now. Well. Like it. Yeah. Trying to find an N sixty four alone is is a pain. Yeah. But Nintendo has recently announced. N sixty four games for the Switch as part of a uh, a new a new uh, collection thing that you could get with your Nintendo subscription. Although you have to pay an additional, it's like now you have to pay like fifty to I think it's like sixty a month now or a year. Or, oh. No, that's like it's a month. Yeah, sixty a month now. Or, sixty dollars a month. No, no, I'll have to look into it. Maybe it's sixty a year. Okay. Yeah, I think it's sixty a year. I'm just okay. I was gonna say sixty dollars a month is a little. Uh. No, I'm thinking of something else. That yeah. That's, that's right. uh, no, it's, it's yeah, it's it's like sixty a year now. Yeah. Which I don't think is worth. I still don't think Nintendo's earned that yet. Yeah. Personally. Especially considering the emulation I've seen. I, now I'm not sure if this is just. I've heard mixed things. I've heard some people say it's only in America where this is a problem. I've heard other. Th- the emulation wasn't amazing. Like I thought. Um, because Mario 64 was included on it. Yep. Which is hilarious because it's also... You could also play it on the Mario 3D collection. And I think the 3D collection version plays better. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave that up to, to what people want. Yep. I do think the most interesting, though, is they did include Sin and Punishment. So that's fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's like... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, though. I'd like to see them put more on there and work on it. We also got Genesis games out of it too, which was nice. Oh, that's pretty neat. Um, I mean, the multiplayer is fun. I mean, Mario Party definitely though is like one yeah. of the. Yeah, but we didn't get to play one of those. We but didn't have enough time it's, for a board. Yeah, it's better that we didn't. But I've experienced Mario Party before, so I'm sure I would have enjoyed that, even if the controller sucked. But you know, maybe I'll give it another chance when it comes out on the Switch, and I can play it with my Switch controller. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's kind of how I see it. I'll promise to give it another another chance, but for now, playing it on the uh, original console did not love. No, I mean, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I think it's all nostalgia, like. Yeah. When you see a PlayStation or something, it's like cool, but at the same time, it doesn't bring out that kind of like, ooh, what is this? Like this brings back memories of joy in childhood. Mm-hmm. I love the PlayStation, but honestly, a lot of PlayStation games were more single-player adventures at the time. Yeah. The N64 kind of has that, like, aura of, like, getting everyone together. Yeah, community. Yeah, community, kind of getting... Friendship. It's great at a, to bring to a party for yeah. nostalgia's sake. It's why the GameCube is so effective in that same route. Yeah. Because as much as I love the PS2, lugging that thing around was never the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. And, yeah, it's kind of... It's hard to say. Like it's like I, 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 that's why I keep bringing up the nostalgia factor, because mm. if you don't have the nostalgia factor, it's like there's nothing that draws you to the system. Yeah. It's not like the play, like when I see a PlayStation game, mm-hmm. 
I, I go nuts because I'm like, I love the PlayStation. Like when I see a jewel case or something. Yeah. And it's not like something that we have that had like a mystique to it because we grew up around the N64. Yeah. It's not like the Dreamcast where there was always that mystique to it where it was like, what is the Dreamcast? What is this thing? Because I mean, the Dreamcast controller ain't great either. No. But it's better than the N64. It was comfier than the N64 though. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, the hard plastic was still a no-go. Like the N64. Oh, yeah. There's a reason I modified my N64 controller to have a more traditional analog stick because the original one was a piece of garbage. Mm. They wore out so bad. Also, Mario Party destroyed many of them with the, <laughs> with the, the freaking rotation mini-games that were terrible. Yeah. Oh, boy. But, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I wish we could have talked about more, but it's just... The N64 is... No nostalgia for it. Yeah, no. I mean, but, like, I still can appreciate the console because it was nostalgic for many other people, but for me personally, I just, like, couldn't get into it It was the end of an era, and it did give us a lot of things that would become staples in gaming history. Yeah. But for the most part, there's a reason why the PlayStation was significantly more successful in the long run. Yeah. But, yeah... I mean, it was, it was. I'm thinking the next one of these we do is going to be definitely a more obscure console. The Jaguar. I'm thinking the Jaguar. We're going to do that one next. <coughs> so sorry, I'm choking. Don't die. I'm you have sorry. to drink your water. Don't inhale it. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm choking. Anyways. But yeah, but while Alex dies in the corner, um. I definitely want to play the Jaguar. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. I want to play the one. Do you have the one with the weird penguins? I don't. I need to find that. Okay. You need to find that before we do the Jaguar because, like, I just want to experience that game so badly. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, guys, once again, thank you for joining us on the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. The Gaming and Collecting Podcast is made on Anchor Podcast, and you can find us on all your major podcasting platforms, particularly Spotify and Apple Podcast. We're also now on YouTube, usually after a, a few days after the initial release. Yep. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as long along with Good Pods. Yeah. And once again guys, thanks for joining us as we discuss the games that shaped us and we will see you all next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. So long.